1: That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That, that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash ifanboy.
0: This is our fanboy Media Splode, episode twenty-six. Top Gun Maverick. You can tell Rod needs this today. Welcome to my Fanboy Media Split episode 26. We're talking about to Top Gun Maverick. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Hello. And Ron Richards. Hello. This is the show brought to you by the patrons at patreon.com slash iFanboy. They unlock the stretch goal that unlocked this show. That's how we do it every month. So thanks to them for doing so. There'll be spoilers for what we talk about on the show. we talk about several things, not just Top Gun Maverick, but there'll be spoilers for all of it, just in case you want to be careful, use the show notes. And let's just dive right into it, because we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to start, as we always do, with what we've been enjoying, or watching, or reading, or exploring, or just experiencing. Ex- exploring and experiencing, like our sexuality. That
1: sounds like a different thing.
0: <laughs> Connor's like, so listen,
2: guys, I went to a club. I'm trying to give us into a new category. On, on we iTunes. had someone else move in with me and the wife. <laughs> yeah. So You're we go throubles. over to the house, and it's got a shag
0: rug. And <laughs> Everyone's got mustaches. It's a bowl. And gold chains. There's a bowl. and <laughs> I said, I don't have keys. I said, put them in anyway. Oh.
1: I like that our idea of strange
0: sexuality
1: is like mid-70s. Meanwhile, key parties, there's key key parties, all these words and things today that we have no idea about. No, no, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: no. But we're like,
0: is there a? <laughs> if Vayner's I riff balls? on those, I could cancel us. If we riff on sh- sh- key parties in the '70s, there's no canceling us. Still, let's talk about what we've been enjoying. Who wants to start?
2: Oh, oh man,
0: I, I want to hear about what you've been enjoying, Connor. Okay. What
2: you've been exploring, what you've been exploring and experimenting with.
0: And by the way, just so you know, I did the little thing with my hands when I said experimenting. <laughs> I <see. laughs> <laughs> I'm going to mention several things here quickly. One is I finished season one of the stars series Gaslit, which starred Julia Roberts and Sean Penn.
2: Oh, that was the show. That was the- I saw an article that's like Julia Roberts is in a TV show that nobody knows exists. Yeah. <laughs> I remember
0: that article, ostensibly about Martha Mitchell, who was the wife of John Mitchell, the Attorney General for Richard Nixon. But it was really, it was really just a whole show about Watergate. In fact, in the first half of the show, she wasn't even the main character. It was John Dean. You really like Watergate. Well, yeah, it's fascinating.
1: Yeah. Somebody mentions Watergate, and Connor's like, oh, I'm such a big fan of it, you know?
2: <laughs> I, live, I i that's a fascinating love point
0: in which the country broke for good. Yeah. It's a fascinating tone. It was a little heightened. You guys will love this name. Shea Wiggum played an Ooh. Out of This World G. Gordon Liddy. Nice. And every time he came oh, on wow. screen, it was like magic.
2: I saw a trailer for something. I can't He's tell in a Mission what- Impossible trailer. It, that must have been yeah. what it was. It was it was it was some movie that I didn't expect to see Shay Wiggum, and I was like, was
0: that Shane? You see Wiggle? him for a brief and second and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. If, I'm yep. sorry.
2: Yep. Okay, good. Brief aside on
1: that same thing. I'm watching that trailer and I go, How does Tom Cruise look so much younger than Simon Pegg? Because <laughs> well, Simon Pegg drank a lot. Yeah. Furthermore, yeah. I can't ever remember Simon Pegg's name, so I call him Tim which was his character in space, because that's the only thing I can remember when I see his name.
0: That's a very Josh thing to do. Yeah. This featured a great cast. It had Chris Messina. It had Dan Stevens playing John Dean. Hey, Chris Messina went to my high school. I did really enjoy it. I thought it was a little all over the place and didn't know exactly what it wanted to be. But the reason why I wanted to mention it was because you know the break in Watergate happens and all of the burglars are being arraigned. And that's the scene that opens up basically all the president's men. Mm-hmm. Robert Redford, you know, he gets sent to the he gets mm-hmm. sent to the courthouse. His Bob Woodward character gets into the courthouse to cover the arraignment, and he notices there's a lawyer that there shouldn't be there, and that's what starts the whole ball rolling. Well, here we see that same scene but shot in reverse from the back because in the in the movie it's shot from the judge's point of view, and in the movie the, the two other characters are talking in the back, and then a blonde guy walks by and goes to the front of the courtroom and sits next to another dude, and then in the background you very faintly hear the dialogue from the movie, and I thought that was. Oh. This crazy, brilliant thing. And then later on, <laughs> we see Woodward from the front, and they cast a guy who looks like Redford. <laughs> <laughs> and then later on, we see him again walk through the, through the newsroom, and Julie Roberts character's like, who is that? And they go, "This Bob Woodward. She goes, he is handsome. And I was oh, like, they wow. just kept playing with the idea that Robert Redford was in this universe playing Bob Woodward. And Bob Woodward does not look like Robert Redford. <laughs> no, not at all. Not even a little bit. <laughs> it was just funny. They, they, they cast this guy who looked like 70s... Redford to play Woodward. But anyway, I enjoyed that show. If you like history and politics and, and all that stuff, it's, it was interesting. It was really interesting. Sean Penn in a, in a crazy fat suit playing John Mitchell.
1: <laughs> cool. Boy, that sounds like a hell of a show
0: that no one knows about. Yeah. The cast you just described was insane. And I don't even list all the people in the show. Yeah. yeah. John Carroll Lynch, Chris Bauer, D- Hamish Linkletter, Carlos Valdez, Ron from Flash. Wow. Nat Faxon. It was a great cast. And there's just too many shows. As we've all yes. we all know. All there's been a hundred articles. Too many shows. You can't possibly watch them all. Two shows I'm currently watching, in fact, one of them I'm literally I literally paused to come up here to do the show. One is Dark Winds on AMC. It premiered last week. And it's a uh, the latest adaptation of Tony Hillerman's novels, which I'm a huge fan of. This is the Lee Porn and Chi novel. So this is the latest show that is about American Indian characters featuring an entire American Indian production crew and staff and writers. And really, really good so far. Only two episodes into six. It's a six episode first season. It stars uh, Zon McLaren as Joe Liporn. You've seen him in a lot of things lately. He was in Hawkeye, he was in uh, Westworld, he was in Fargo. He's terrific. Even though they've changed his character and they changed the other main character a lot from the books which I'm still wrapping my head around. It's a really, really good show so far. Really interesting period peace crime drama set in the 70s on the Navajo reservation. And I'm really enjoying it. And finally, the show that I literally paused to come up here to do the show was The Old Man on FX, or also oh. Hulu, if you have Hulu. I watched the pilot last night. I really enjoyed it. I'm halfway through episode two right now.
2: For, that's the Jeff Bridges one, right? Yeah. Jeff
0: Bridges and John Lithgow. Right. And yep. they've introduced two characters in the second episode, uh, Amy Brennan and Alia Shalcott.
2: That reminds me I walked by Alan Alda the other day on the Upper West Side. Yeah, there you go. He was with some some a woman was and he's like hands were all shaken and, and the woman yeah, was holding his arm as they walked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, They're old. Did you hear his voice though and feel instantly comforted? <laughs> I would have. No, but I'm saying what happened was that it was a it was a don't walk sign. It was like you know there was a light and I was on the one side of the street and he was across the street. So I spent the whole time waiting to walk looking like, notice them immediately, and I was like, "Don't like, pr- like, be don't cool. act like you noticed them." You know, like, yeah, be cool around freaking eighty year old Alan Alda. So he's got to be older than that.
1: The thing is, seeing him though, it's not like you're gonna be like, "Oh my god, I love you." You're like, you're just great. You're just, he's just great. You're just yeah. so good. He's eighty six. Yeah. He's eighty six. Yeah. If he's in anything, the thing is better. Like, he's
0: just great. He's podcasting now. That's what he's doing.
2: I was trying to think of because because I was like, wow, he didn't look that old when I just saw him on TV. But then I remembered that was was it the beginning of the good fight or the end of the good wife? Yeah, it was a long time ago. And that was at least five years ago. I was that's like, the, oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The old man is a um hard, dark drama about a ex CIA operative who has been living off the grid, hidden for thirty years, who's now been pulled back into the game, and it's it's a very un Jeff Bridges like role. The second episode, Josh, more than the first, really delves into the idea of is he a good guy or not? Like, there's a whole conversation about being the villain of your story and not realizing it. I think it's very well written, and I think the two main guys, you know, Bridges and Liftout, are terrific, and no. I'm looking forward to more of it. What, did you like it at all?
1: Kind of. It, it was one of those things where when I watched it, it was like real quiet and slow. Yes, it's very, I, I love way. the pacing of it. Yeah. I like, but I don't know that I was in the mood for that thing at the time if that makes yeah. sense. I was like, all right, let's be entertained by something. And I was like, oh, I got to work for this.
0: You have to pay attention. In fact, I rewound about 15 minutes in the second episode because I was doing something else while watching. Yeah. I was like, nope, I missed some very important things. So I
1: thought it was really good, but I don't know that I so much enjoyed it at that time, if that if that helps. I got you.
0: And finally, the last thing actually, I told you guys in the in the patron hangout when we did it this, earlier this week, uh, I saw Steve Martin and Martin Short's live show over the weekend. I hadn't seen the Netflix special, so I didn't know anything about it or what to expect. I don't know how much the actors, legacy act, and how much is new, although some of the jokes were topical. So I imagine there's some things. And also, our buddy Hank saw them and we were talking about the different jokes, and he said a bunch of the stuff I said was new. So maybe they. Yeah, I'm sure they refreshed it a little. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I laughed so hard for an hour and 40 minutes. They're very funny people. They're very funny people. And they're very funny together too. They're old good friends. I mean I read Martin Short's yeah. autobiography and they their families go on vacation together. Like they are not just
2: yeah. performing Aww, partners. Wouldn't
0: you lo- wouldn't you love to go on that vacation? Yes. Yes. And I mean, yeah. that in fact there's a funny bit in the in the thing about them being on vacation and getting paparazzi on the beach. Uh. They're very funny. Plus Steve Martin's band plays in the middle for about ten minutes and they were really great. Nice it was just a great time you know almost like an old time sort of vaude- not vaudeville but an old time let's go to the club and see a show you know like you had comedians and you had a band we were doing vaudeville and so they were really great if you're there in your area it's totally worth it Martin Short must have he must bathe in the blood of children because like he's 71 years old and jumping around the stage and jumping on top of pianos and he commits
1: alright well that's all the time we have everyone thanks yep. so much for. I was tuning just gonna in. say
2: I love how we're doing a Connor solo show Which so is- Connor what have you been reading I'm done I'm finished. I'm done <laughs>
1: I watched Pistol on FX, which is uh, Danny Boyle. Uh,
2: don't, don't, I haven't started watching it yet. It's on my list. Uh, well, I don't you yeah. know what happens? Well, I know, I know. But everything I've read has not been favorable. Do well, you agree or disagree? I disagree.
1: Okay. I'm a Danny Boyle fanboy. I know the story of the Sex Pistols fairly well. You know, I've, I've read enough about it. I read Chrissy Hines' memoir. Can we make a T-shirt by the way that says, "Quote: I
2: read Chrissy Hines' memoir." Dash Josh Flanagan?
1: John Worcester <laughs> said it's like the most rock and roll memoir I've ever read in my life, and I was no, like, I've well, "I gotta that, know I've, about yeah, that." Yeah. It's, I mean, she was, she was there for everything. She's like Forrest Gump, yeah. yeah, and she's also like an incredible artist. Anyway, I don't know that I'm a bi- in a position to judge it objectively because I was really excited about it. I'm a Danny Boyle fanboy. I love the Sex Pistols.
2: Do you love the Sex Pistols? Absolutely.
1: No, I totally do, and I have for a long time. I think that album is perfect. Fascinating, it's just the way it sounds. It's all the thing, and I know that it's not. It's not people are like, oh, that's the first punk album. I know it's not. I know it's just part of a whole right. movement, and that movement was actually very, very short. But as a sort of symbol of the whole thing of such a strange time in England and the personalities of those people involved, it's fascinating.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, like the moment in time that they yeah. represent, I do find fascinating, and, and I agree with you. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a good record for what it is. But like, the, just the things that, like, the moment in time that it represents, right. like the fact that, like, the one Sex yeah. Pistol show in Manchester that was attended by everybody from the, that right. went on to the Manchester scene, like that were all like, it, there was like. 20 people in the crowd but it was all like everyone that went on to do Joy Division and what's his name yep. the, the guy Steve Coogan played in Party People and, like stuff like that just like that moment that kind of swirling and then also what it did for you know not the movement but like the you know just like the, again that moment in time it's kind you know, of the like, beginning and the end of Punk in England and that was kind of it
1: Yeah, and, yeah. and it was so short anyway like all the stuff around it I think that the show captured those parts of it and I think if you were looking for I guess more of a straightforward biopic I don't know, it was actually fairly straightforward. You know, it was like a Danny Boyle movie. that was kind of lengthened out. I really like the casting. Thomas Brody Sangster, the drummer kid from Love Actually, plays Malcolm McLaren. And um. he's fantastic. He is, a, like, he's so good. The guy that they got to play, John Lydon. It's not like an impression of John Lydon, but, like, he's completely strange. And there's nobody like John Lydon. It it, like it's impossible to tell if it's an act or not, and I think the guy does that really well. It it focuses mostly around Steve Jones, who I think is the one kinda telling the story. You know, it's like his I don't know if it's his memoir or whatever.
2: Well it's based on his book, right? I mean it's it's, yeah, yeah. So he's the sort
1: of center of it and there's that thing that uh, you know Steve Jones is always like, well he couldn't sing and I couldn't play, you know, and they they get into that and you they actually kind of go through the thing where at the beginning he can't play.
2: None of them could, yeah, yeah.
1: Glenn Matlock could play and Paul Cook could play.
2: Oh, vicious couldn't.
1: No, but that's a di- that's a different story. <laughs> they go through that too. Like it goes all the way through Sid and Nancy to when they walk off the stage. Like that's the six yeah. episodes of it, and that's it. It closes. You know, my wife and I watched it together. She'd give a shit about the Sex Pistols. You know, I thought it's visually interesting. It's really well cast. I mean, when are you going to see that? It's better than the Wu-Tang show, which I also love. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... So, no, I really enjoyed it. I was looking forward to it, and I'm glad I wasn't disappointed because if it was bad, bad, I would have known. Yeah. I'm not going to nitpick it to death, and maybe if I was, like, chapter and verse on everything that happened in the sex pistols i'd be like it's not right but i think in terms of the feeling oh chrissy Hine was very very prominently featured as part of the story which is good because she was part of it the girl they got to play chrissy Hine was amazing she sounded exactly like her, her her speaking voice i was like how do you do this because i listened to chrissy Hine's whole audiobook so i know her voice really and that girl just killed it and she was really good she was like enigmatic and interesting and cool yeah, I really enjoyed it, which isn't the same thing
2: as to say it's really, really good, but I really enjoyed it. Cool. Ron, did you watch it? No, it's on my list. I haven't watched it yet. We've been engrossed in the thing I am going to talk about. Okay. It is on the list. It's soon. It's hard with, A, everything that's coming out, Yep. the volume, and then also it's all fractured and all over the place, and it's just available all the time, so there's no urgency.
0: Yes, and then you wait too long, and then it gets buried under 15 other shows.
2: Right, it gets buried, or it gets stale, unless you really, really want to remember it. And so, I don't know, Josh, are you done, or are tra- is this a natural no, transition? No, I was just saying, like, the actual thing was that, like,
1: I really wanted to see it. So as soon as I saw it was yeah. available, I got on it.
2: I really want to see it. I keep reminding myself, and like what happens is that my wife and I, like we we at some either I'm making dinner or we're like putting the kids to bed or just put the kids to bed. We're like Are we watch TV tonight. All right, what do you want to watch? And then we just run through. I run through this mental list of like, well, we started the Orville. You know, we got two more to go on this one. We got you know like I'm trying. And if I can't, I've only got so much RAM in my head to yeah, keep man. track of all that stuff. And if it can't keep it on that list, then if drops off, you yeah. know, like for example, like Russian Doll, a show that we loved on Netflix, came back with a season two. With Natasha Lyonne haven't even started watching it just because, like, it came and went so quickly. Yeah. And because there's so much, you know, and, and also because, like, I'm not talking to as much people about media as I did at work or, you know, all that sort of stuff. Like, I tried writing it down. I tried putting on lists, on apps and things like that. But you just can't – at the end of the day, you just can't. And then what happens is that we end up falling – I don't want to say into a rut, but falling into a gap of just, like – because the thing is that, like, both me and my wife agree we're, we're somewhat – i'll say it we're somewhat anti-binge watching like i i think we you know we we enjoy watching an episode and then waiting a few days and watching the next one you know what i mean or waiting a week and that sort of thing because it gives you time to watch other things but also you know builds anticipation and speculation and all that sort of stuff but at any given point we've only got like three shows in the mix right yeah, and right. so yeah it's just hard i mean it's
1: most a, of the time we just
0: start yeah. watching er it's just like we were the it's standard.
1: fair yeah it's which is fair. what I tend to do and,
0: and that's exactly why Netflix was doing so well for so long is because right. they had all the legacy shows and people would just say fuck it I'm watching The Office
1: right yeah yeah. You know, exactly. but, but besides yeah. that like you know I know Sunday nights we usually watch whatever the H episode was like winning time and then we were watching The Time Traveler's Wife but other than the Sunday nights it's always like what are we going to do yeah. Uh, ER. it's just that we happen to watch Pistols, so we remember to do that
2: yeah So, in terms of what we've been watching, I mentioned, I feel like I mentioned the last episode, where last time we we convened here, where I started watching it, but we finished uh, the offer on Paramount Plus. So, 10 episodes all about the making of The Godfather. A, you guys got to watch it. B, clearly deviated from reality, but in the best for drama of television way. Mm You know, and so, like, part of the fun is like, we would finish an episode and then I we'd, we'd talk about, like, okay, well, what really happened? <laughs> and so it like it inspires talking about the what really happened aspect Did of it. Did they
1: use Robert Evans' book for the script? Is because that's your problem right there. No,
2: no, they, no, they, no. So, no they so no, and so that, and that's where it also deviates. It was it's really all interesting. from the producer's point of view, in the credits, it, it says, What does it say? It says, like, based on the experiences of Albert S. Ruddy, uh, with special thanks to a, a guy who wrote a book about the Godfather. <laughs> so it's not even based on a book. The guy just, like, the producer of The Godfather got with his production team and told them what happened, and then and then they fact-checked it with whatever the, this book that they based it on. And there is stuff that deviates, and, and when you guys watch it, I, uh, we can talk in more detail about what it is. But still, the story is fascinating, and it's based in enough reality to be engaging and I think I, I did say talk about it last last time, but Matthew Good, who was on the Good Wife, doing a great similar Josh, I think to you know what we're talking about with the guy doing Johnny Lydon on Pistol, mm-hmm. you know doing a great portrayal of Bob Evans, you know not necessarily doing an impression, making it his own, but getting the essence of Evans. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because you know this was a, a ten episode limited series that was produced to coincide with the fiftieth anniversary of The Godfather. You know Paramount getting all kind of you know transmedia on it, and it got panned when it first came out out. But then as people watch it, they're like, oh, this is actually really, you know, I wouldn't say, I, I don't know if I would say it was good, but it was engaging. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. So with Miles Teller from Top Gun Maverick, which we're going to talk all about. Right. Not my tempo. What I do find interesting about it is, is that, you know, coming out of the finished season, I saw all these blog posts like, will there be a season two and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And, and like articles explaining like it's a 10 episode limited series about the Godfather. So there's probably not going to be a, a season two, but if you ask me, and if I worked at Paramount Plus, and do if Chinatown. anyone's listening who works at Paramount Plus, get Matthew Good and then do another season and make it about Chinatown. Yeah. Do Chinatown. You keep Evans as the through line, right? And then go back and do one about Rosemary's baby. You know, and Top then the do, mountain. you know, yeah. like, yeah, like, like all that stuff. Because, like, honestly. Love the story. Evans was the backbone of this story and the backbone of, you know, whatever the ten years of Paramount that he was at. Yeah, do love story, like, oh it was great. So I I really, really want you guys to watch it. I know the list is long and there's lots of stuff to do. No, no, but I really and, and Josh it. you're not even on Paramount Plus, but like it's worth it's can- it's worth the four ninety nine or whatever yeah, it is for Paramount I, I, 100%. Plus. i percent I plan to. Yeah. The other note which I have, which I know we gotta move on, but uh, in the I can't believe this actually happened kind of category would uh would be Chippendale Rescue Rangers on Disney Plus. This is the movie about Chip and Dale, Rescue Rangers, that came out of Disney Plus, and it's uh, starring John Mulaney as, and Andy Sandberg as Chip and Dale. Mm-hmm. Here's my one-line pitch. Who framed Roger Rabbit for the 21st century?
0: Yeah, I saw the trailer. There are
2: so many cameos and characters and stuff they did with characters where I'm like, how did they get away with this? Mm-hmm. It was like one of those. Like, we're like, how did Disney, of all companies, be like, yeah, put that up on the platform, right? Like, it honestly is crazy.
0: You're talking about non-Disney characters or Disney characters?
2: Both. So non-Disney characters that are in the movie, as well as Disney characters that they, because the whole premise is that it takes place now. Wait, but where are we now? Are we now? Wait,
1: now or then? It takes place now, now. Oh, but wait, what happened to then? You missed it.
0: (laughs) That was then. Just now. now.
2: <laughs> they do this whole um, explanation of how they got there, and they, they show like Chip and Dale and Rescue Rangers, like in their heyday in the early 90s, right? And then now here we are in the in 2020s, and Dale is doing the Comic Con circuit, and he's there, he's at a table next to Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast, and across from Tigra from Thundercats, mm. right? And it's just like, what the fuck is this, right? <laughs> and so they take that and they apply that to a lot of different characters. So, like, Will Arnett plays. A middle-aged, overweight Peter Pan, right? Which is like a cornerstone so Disney it's, character. So so it's like let, the Lego. They let movie. them do this. Yeah, I guess it's a little bit. Yeah, it is. It is very Lego movie esque in that, but it's also I, I give it more akin to Who Framed Roger Rabbit than mm-hmm. Lego Movie. Can
1: I? For me, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a real touchstone movie. I think that was the first. Sure. like I mean, now I have the words for it. But didn't then? But that sort of postmodern thing. Yeah, where you yes, sort of yeah. like oh, this is like a big world, and this all means something, and there's a historical context for it, and at the same time, it was yeah. like super funny and entertaining and and historic at the same time, and I don't know, we don't, yeah. we don't, we don't talk about it that much, but that was a really big deal for me.
2: It was a landmark film, yeah, for sure. Just just the animation with the live action, but that's something that Disney did back to the you know Mary Poppins and that sort of thing. But it continued it, and this this is very much in that vein, but like. There's also McGruff the Crime Dog. Right. And like MC Scat Cat and Paula Abdul <laughs> as herself. Right. Like, so it's just like, it's definitely from the, 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 you know, knowing that, you know, Akiva Schaefer. Directed it right, and like yeah. and Mulaney and Sandberg, and all like it's from that corner of the SNL kind of comedy kind of stuff. So you get it, you get a sense of it. But like, it was funny. I mean, it and, and as a fan of Chippendale and as a fan of Disney and as a fan of cartoons of that age and the like, you know, the nostalgia factor and stuff like that. You know, it's very postmodern, very meta. You know, but like was was entertaining. I recommend it.
0: The trailer was funny, so... I'm yeah, not, yeah the
2: movie's funny. You should check it out. You'll never watch it, will you, Connor?
0: <sighs> like we said, I don't have time to watch all these things I really want to watch. I will. Let love the things I think I might watch. Okay, I will. But <laughs> I'm not against it. I, I saw the trailer I thought that looks funny. Yeah, yeah. All right, good. <laughs> Is it because Megan won't watch it? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We've never talked about
1: it. Probably not, no. <laughs> the other day, we were talking about Chippendale Rescue Rangers, weirdly,
2: which she didn't grow up with. <laughs> I didn't either. Oh, I did. I didn't okay. watch it. I did. I was
0: DuckTales, and that
2: was about it. DuckTales? Oh, well, then DuckTales, DuckTales led right into it. Yeah, the exactly. Darkwing, du- Darkwing Duck and Tailspin. I didn't watch and, Darkwing uh, Duck or Oh, you didn't watch Darkwing Duck of no. all characters. That's right right up your alley. He was a serious, but he had to go read the news. That's
1: about the time <laughs> that the times would arrive, and eight-year-old Connor was like, excuse me.
2: And he had to frantically write letters with the uh, headlines to send to his friends. <laughs> He was little Connor is just outraged at what Tip O'Neill did that day. <laughs> He's at the photocopier at the library making the Connor Daily. All
0: right, so let's Mom, I need a fax machine. Talk about <laughs> Top Gun, the movie on everyone's lips these last month or so. Yeah. Did anybody watch or rewatch the original Top Gun in preparation for Top Gun Maverick? Yes. Of course, on Paramount. I did as well. Yes.
2: Yeah. Paramount Plus. I own the Blu-ray. Wow. All right. Which I'm surprised about. I have a couple of key observations from the rewatch of Top Gun, but I, I don't know, Connor, how you want to handle well,
0: it. I'm not going to go super deep, but it, I hadn't watched yeah. it. It's, it had to have been at least 20 years since I watched, watched yeah. it. Yeah. It reminded me how much of a cultural juggernaut it was and yeah. how much just that little opening music bit sure. took me right back to that yeah. time. Oh,
2: I, love, I, love that, I love that song. The guitar, yeah. like the clean guitar sound. But I even oh, remember God. it from the
0: video game. The, the yeah, Nintendo yeah. game which I, that I had. Where it was like yeah. the 8-bit version of it. Yeah. It was such a t- cultural thing. Josh, didn't your brother come out to the Top Gun music at your wedding? It's possible. I think he did. He
1: was very into that as a thing. <laughs> like as a, as a like an aesthetic would be like the Pete Maverick thing. Yeah. Mitchell. Well.
0: I was surprised how tight and taut that movie is. It's, it's like under two hours. Uh-huh. And... They don't waste any time in that movie. Well, that's cuz there's no plot, so it's really easy yeah. not to waste yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah. It's an hour 50.
2: Connor, that's one of my observations. So I have three observations about this film I'll share right now. Tony
0: Scott directed it.
2: One was how short it was. Yeah. Right and just tight and to the point and like really made me miss movies of the 80s that were short. Yeah. Cuz it was funny cuz one of the things in the in the Godfather and the Offer when they get to the point of editing, is the argument over the length, right? And and how you know the the business guys at Paramount wanted it to be shorter so they could show it more times in theaters, but you know, but then Evans was like, no, no, the, you know, the shorter version is a trailer. You need the whole movie. And my wife turned to me and she's like, so why is every movie th- three hours now? I was like, yeah, I know it's a problem. So it was short and tight. My second observation is: is there more of an MVP of the '80s than Michael Ironside? No, no. And nineties, and ninety, and ninety. But it, yeah, but he really shined in the eighties. But yeah, oh, you so you Mike, got, you got Michael Ironside makes every production better. Starship Troopers, he showed up on ER yep. for a little. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my last observation is that I don't think there is a scene in this movie where Tom Cruise is not either in a jet or on a motorcycle. So
0: he needs he needs speed. He, he, I mean, like he, he, they, like,
2: seriously, when he is not in that plane, he's on that motorcycle. When he's not on that motorcycle, he's he's not in the movie. That's it. <laughs>
0: I was pleasantly surprised to see there wasn't a lot of, like, ooh, except for the fact that there's one black character. Yeah. He's a pilot, and his name is Sundown. Yeah. And I could not believe it. Could not believe it.
1: Uh, yeah, that's probably. <laughs> I was taken aback by the fact that, like, I couldn't tell you what the story is right now. If I did, it would sound like he goes to school and he wants to be the best pilot. Well, it's the same story as the second yeah. one.
0: Yeah, yeah. but... but But then they train and they have a battle. Then there's a threat from an unnamed enemy. They train and then there's a jockeying for a position. Which, by the way, I will
2: gladly gladly give Tony Scott and Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson and everyone else involved in this production all the credit in the world for never naming the enemy. Well, I'm sure there was a reason. Because that makes this timeless right if they had said it's sort russia of. then you're you're in that time period or whatever it is but the fact that and then then in the and not to spoil the latest movie that they followed suit with that same thing and it's some random unknown enemy and you think you know what it is and then they go to attack them and there's snow on the ground it's like where am i in the world but the, it mean, was well done I, Slovenia. I feel
1: like there was a reason yeah. for it though Korea. the
2: reason was like i think the army didn't want
1: them to or the navy yeah, that they, oh, for yeah. Sure. like didn't oh, want for them sure. to say yeah. and yeah. also like you know when they made this they were planning on showing it in russia
0: the, the also, Cold War wasn't the over. Yeah, was eighty six. Well, no, you no, could no. Just the do new a movie no, with sorry. Tom Cruise. No,
1: I'm sorry, the new kills one kills Russians. I mean, the new one.
0: Yeah, I'm talking about the oh, old
1: yeah. original. Right, I know. I'm just saying it was the same thing. I thought it was like they can't now because cinema is too global or whatever. But I could tell you what the goals and the str- and the stuff that the characters were going through in the new movie, and this one, not so much. I mean, whatever it was, it was incredibly surface. It is the most surface superficial movie. Well, it's eighties I've never. Ever. Well that yeah. doesn't mean I mean yes, they were more so then, but this one takes the cake. Yeah. Of, it's of a of very
0: similar thing. structure to Heartbreak Ridge, the Clint Eastwood movie about the Panama War, where the new recruits train and they go fight. Like it's just sort of like the that was like the eighties structure was mm-hmm. you know, these guys are jockeying in the in a not at all homoerotic way to be the best guy in the in the group. With a lot of homoeroticism. <laughs> and, well, yeah, yeah. And Listen, then it's just the the a sexy war.
1: volleyball game. I don't know why we got to make a thing out of it. I'm a Val Kilmer's terrific in it. I forgot Tim
0: Robbins was in it. I don't know how he can fit in that plane. He's like six. Yeah, foot nine. I thought the
1: same thing. And at the end, I was watching to see like how he's he. They can't put him next to Tom Cruise because he's like <laughs> six seven. I mean, he's huge. Yeah. I don't even know yeah. how a person like that becomes a mainstream actor. It doesn't make sense. But I, at one point, I looked and I was like, "Oh, Tom Cruise is clearly on an apple box right there." But oh, like you, four never, boxes. you never see his face, Tim Robbins. Huh. Like, I, like yeah. I remember, like because I saw his name in the credits, and I was like, "Who the hell's he in this?" And then at one point, I kind of saw his eyes. I was like, "That's him!" And then he takes over for Goose. Like he's the new Goose. Yeah.
0: He's Goose yeah. too. <laughs> he's Goose too. It was incredibly fun. I really enjoyed watching it. You know, Tom Cruise is. That was also like he hadn't quite gone totally over. Like he hadn't fixed his teeth yet. He hadn't yeah. fixed his eyebrows yet. Like he was still a little rough around the edges, but still incredibly charming and just emanates off the screen. That's what a movie star does, right? You can't take your eyes off them, no matter how weird or crazy they are. And he's like that on the screen. And Anthony Edwards, he's a classic '80s character in Goose.
1: It's funny they said his name over and over in the new movie, and I was
0: like, I had no idea what his name was. <laughs>
1: so his name was Bradshaw.
0: No shit. <laughs> oh yeah, all of them. I didn't know. I didn't know Maverick's name was Pete Mitchell. And they called him Pete Mitchell. I was like, who? Yeah, who's that guy? <laughs> <laughs> so, And like Rick Rosevich, and we, we, we were talking oh, after... Rick Rosevich is my favorite. He's fantastic. We were talking afterwards, and there was three major ER players in the film, from Rick Rosevich, yeah. Michael Ironside, and Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Uh, not that... Not, well, I guess long enough before ER. Ten years. Well, it's or...
2: like a good ten years, right? Yeah. Eight years. Eight? No. And the show started It 94? was eight. You're 86, right.
0: 86. You're yeah. right. 86 to 94. Yeah, Wow. And what's interesting, and I was trying to explain to somebody earlier, was that everyone I knew as a kid, all my friends, we all knew what a MiG was. We all knew the yep. F-14 Tomcat. Yep. That was the thing. the model remember, planes. Like, like, F-14 Tomcats were super cool for a while. Yeah. Like, yeah. I had a shirt with one
2: on it for some There was reason. a computer game called the F-14 Tomcat where it was a flight simulator. I remember playing that all the
0: time. So like oh, in the new man. movie, when they talk, when they mentioned the F-14 Tomcat, I went, ooh.
2: I'm fairly certain that bo- even though it, this is the Navy, but this plus Iron Eagle fueled my dreams of going to the Air Force Academy in fifth grade. I can't see that.
0: That's why they made the movie. Yeah, yeah. That's why the Pentagon pre- It's like a recruitment film, right? Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Didn't pursue that dream, by mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. The first one has got that 80s thing, but it's incredibly fun and yeah. action-packed and tight and... It's, it's a worth yep. worth the watch. But let's talk about the new one, Top Gun Maverick, directed by a guy I don't know, Joseph Kaczynski.
2: He did the, what movie he did? He did um, something, Jurassic Park? No,
0: what did he do? He did Tron Legacy. Tron Legacy, that's what it was. That's what yeah. it was.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And a bunch of other He's, things that are not a hit. He,
1: he did Tom Cruise's teeth. That's where they got him. And
0: <laughs> <laughs> written by uh, several people, but including Christopher McQuarrie, who is Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible writer-director. So he got his people on this one. He did
1: the Last Samurai. He did the incomparable and utterly rewatchable Valkyrie.
0: Like he's yep. his guy, and he's a really yep. good writer. He's an Oscar-winning screenwriter. He wrote Usual Suspects. Yeah, that's what he did beforehand. So I think it's fair to say when this was announced originally, everyone was like, "Oh, really? Yeah, we're going to do Top Gun thirty years later." And th- that was like five years ago. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, this movie was shot many years ago. It wasn't just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was shot pre-pandemic. <laughs> It's been on the shelf for two years. Oddly enough, Tom Cruise looks younger now. I I can't explain it, (laughs) but... So I remember thinking, oh, man. Yeah, right there with you. The return on these movies that are 30 years later are just really low. Yeah. But I also knew that it was only people our age who really probably cared.
2: Yeah.
1: This has nothing to do with it, but I go into the bathroom after the thing, and it's lined up with, like, genuine boomers from Massachusetts. Yep, And they were, like... Man, that's great. And there, I mean, there was one guy in the bathroom, and like, he has a line. He looks, he goes, It's like Foxborough, right? I was like, Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never seen that many people like my mom's age yeah. who were like turning out to a movie and were fucking thrilled. It's too funny.
0: I think the twist on this whole thing is it turns out it's an incredibly good action movie. Well,
1: that was yeah. the thing that got me. At some point, one of the ads were like 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I was like, What? <laughs> okay fine yeah. and at that point i was able to because you know you can fake with a kind of high score but
2: in the 90s that usually says something here's the thing it's in the same vein as the force awakens mm-hmm. right with mm-hmm. the not reboot reboot right where it's like revisiting the characters advancing them in age introducing new characters picking up the story all that sort of stuff so it's in that ballpark but somehow the alchemy got it right and I'll be damned if I didn't walk out going, oh, man, that was a hell of a good time.
0: I've seen it twice. Yeah. yeah. Really? The second time, just as much fun as the first time. I mean, I went yeah. when it opened, and then I went for Father's Day, and it was packed on Father's Day. Shocking. Yeah. That's I feel true. like there was a lot of kids who were like, want to go see Top Gun? And, but it even works on its own. I mean, it's, I think it's, it's yes. obviously more impactful if you've seen the original and all the stuff with Goose. But, like, you can see this movie on its own. It gives you enough context. Mm-hmm. It's a much better yeah. movie in objective terms, I Yes. Think. Yeah,
2: it's got more
1: weight to it. It's got more gravitas. There's real characterization.
2: Yeah.
1: If you watch the original Top Gun, it's a marvel of movie making. It is not far off from Lawrence of Arabia in terms of like shooting a thing that should be impossible to shoot. Right, Mm -hmm. I was really impressed by the second one because it would have been so easy for them to do everything in CGI. And you would know, you know, like CGI is amazing, but you know it when you see it. I don't know how much of it was practical, but it really felt like it was practically shot. And I'm I'm assuming it was since he's so into shooting all the practical stuff from Mission
0: Impossible. Well, didn't you get the little intro with him saying real planes, real speed, real G's? No, but I knew that.
1: Actually, maybe you didn't get that. I got it. The thing where he like, thanks everybody for coming back to the theater. Yeah. yeah, I think my my wife and I were just looking at him, going, "Oh, he kind of he's starting to look like Redford now." That's
0: the thing we were. Oh yeah. uh, well, in that thing that he said, we you know we shot it in real planes with real speed yeah. and real G's. But you could
1: tell that was the yeah.
0: point. Is that and I I really liked that
1: because you know just like uh, Chris Nolan or whatever, like movies that are shot with real effects look much fucking better. And we you, you can see it on his remember. face when they
0: were pulling the G's, yeah. going and it was flying straight up, and his face started sort of melting. Every time he slammed into the window, you know, I know Ron yeah. was thinking about that. But slammed into the, the <laughs> cockpit.
2: I would say there, there were just there are far too many shots of old Tom Cruise head slamming into the side of the cockpit from the G-force. I appreciate the realism of it, but there were just one too many shots of that for me. <laughs>
1: so, you know what? I
2: didn't think so because huh. I think that really grounded it. In a
1: way, even more than the last one, the things where he's sort of going left and right and left and right. Yeah, it's really really easy. It's really easy to think of those planes as like it's a smooth ride or whatever, but especially with the older ones, because they're all in older planes, they're like tanks that go real fast. You know, like there's clicks and pieces of metal, and, and I think that that sold that better than the first movie did. Was that like you're fighting this thing to a certain extent, which you know, right. like if you think about like the right stuff and all that stuff going back to it, it feels like that. I couldn't help but think like the whole time I was doing the math, and I was like, he has to be at least sixty in this movie, and I'm almost positive they don't let sixty year
0: olds do this. <laughs> I mean, he's like in his late fifties. They don't let like, people in the late fifties do it either. Yeah.
2: Let's see, uh, thirty six years since the last movie. All right.
0: So, so the first. Movie, you know, it's basically all fighter pilot action, right? So it, it's almost antiseptic because they're in planes and they shoot, ro- yes. they shoot missiles at each other. Yeah. And, but here, at one point towards the end, when he crashes and he's got to run around, I first of all, I gave him credit for finding a way to get him running into the movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. I tapped I Lindsay. I was like, he's doing it, he's doing it because of the <laughs> But also, it was so weird to see Maverick, the character, in a hand-to-hand action. Right. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. This is weird. Yeah, I don't know why. Just I just picture him in a cockpit and take him out of the cockpit.
2: And then if he gets hit, the plane just blows up. Like nobody ever bails out and survives, right? Like, yeah, not Goose. Yeah, I will say. I was
0: well. Speaking of Goose, so Miles Teller plays Rooster Goose's son, and I thought he was great. And I thought he did a really good job of capturing the essence of Anthony Edwards to the point you could say like he looks like he could be his son.
1: At some point, the costume designer was like, "You want to be subtle about this?" And they're like, "Nope." Nope. <laughs> <laughs> how should we make the mustache look here's a picture of Anthony Edwards from that movie make him look exactly like this what about the outfit same thing
2: Apparently, they, the director wanted to cast Miles Teller, and Tom Cruise didn't want him, and so he photoshopped a mustache on his headshot and sent it to Tom Cruise, and he's like, oh, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> it was the mustache that put him over the top. <laughs>
0: he just had the essence of him, the body language. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like he didn't look, yeah. looked like him in a face.
2: I was impressed by the way he portrayed it and the conflict between... Tom Cruise's character and his character and they revealed the history enough for you to know, yeah. like not understand what's happening but know something happened and then once you find out have it make sense and all that sort of stuff Like they, they definitely played with that stuff enough I also think that you, know, you didn't need to see the first Top Gun to see this but there certainly was a hell of a lot of payoff if you did yeah. and like little thing, you know like it was funny because I went to go see it with my sister who loves the first movie and she watched it before I went to go see it and she was sitting there just like sticking fingers out every time there was like a nod to the first movie mm-hmm and she was kind of annoyed that Kelly McGillis wasn't in it that would have looked so weird uh, yeah but then she was like elated when we, after we saw this and got home and she did some research and digging and find out that Jennifer Connolly's character is
0: referenced yes. in the first movie she's a throwaway line in the first movie yeah
2: she's a throwaway yeah. line in the first movie which is like she's like okay it's in world so that's good like, it, like it, 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 it definitely hit on the right things
0: this
1: leads me to the big question I had watching the movie and actually I'm going to put a little pin in that for just a second And talking about references if you had never seen the first movie then the entire scene would like Iceman wouldn't mean anything. Like, right. it was, well, why are we doing this in the middle of it? And that was a like genuinely emotional. And I and I remember thinking like this isn't making me sad for the reason that it should in the movie, but it's making me really sad for a real reason. And I thought that was really interesting. I can't think of a movie where that happened.
0: I, I liken it to, and, and this is not for the reason you just mentioned. But I liken it uh-huh. to the scene in Jaws and the talk about the Indianapolis. Yeah, in that they stop in the middle of this big action movie to ground it emotionally and yeah. give you some emotional stakes.
1: Yeah, but it's also the emotion you're feeling is because of a real thing that really happened to the actor who you're watching on camera, and that is – and he's alive. It's not like – like sometimes a thing will – like if Stan Lee shows up in whatever the last movie was he was, and you had – like in – I think it was Into the Spider-Verse, and he talks and he says a thing, and it's it's really sad – but without having yep. meant to, but you have a feeling. Like, I think I teared up at that point the first time.
2: Oh, yeah, that Spider-Verse line by Stan right. was like, that killed everybody.
0: Yeah, that Right, was, uh, yeah, so this yeah. was
2: like
1: that,
0: but it was yes. him
1: still alive, and it wasn't, oh, it
0: was crazy. I thought it was a really great scene. Yes, it was. It was a really great scene. I yeah. thought Tom Cruise was really good in it, too. Yes, yeah, totally. I thought he got to do some real acting in this movie, which is something you don't really think about in a top movie. Certainly gun not in movie, Top he Gun. Got to, he got <laughs> to do some real acting in it. Yeah. So anyway, so to go back, Penny, yep. does
1: she live in Charlie's house? Because yes, that was the, the same, same house. house. It's the same house. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, that's weird. And then I was like, wait, does Iceman live in Viper's house? <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know. it is maybe. the same drive up to the like the nice yeah. house on the
0: also. Well you know, they, they probably have a house that make? the Admirals get to use.
2: Yeah, yes. probably. Yeah, admiral's house, yeah. Yeah.
0: My thing is always like, it's been 36 years. He's dated nobody else but Kelly McGillis. Like, he's got to get back together with Kelly Oh, McGillis I had no problem Michael. with that. That's just what I see people all complaining about. She left. In the movie. Yeah. She left. They went their separate ways. I liked Maverick's career arc where he washed out of being an instructor, which makes sense. And then he goes to basically become Hal Jordan, a test pilot. I love that opening sequence with the stealth. Yeah, that was very cool. the And yeah. the, him, him landing and being like, Where am I? And yeah. kept thinking he's Why? an astronaut. Like, I thought that was, <laughs> whole, that was all fun.
1: Why'd they cast Ed Harris in a role that? was tiny. Had no It's a cameo.
2: I know. Yeah, yeah, but cuz it was it was I forget the actor's name in the first movie, but like there, there was the angry bald, you know, uh <laughs> The guy from yeah, Strickland. Exactly. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was hoping for some Tom Skerritt. She just a little him. bit of Tom Skerritt, you know. But he's old. Tom Skerritt
1: had more of the like happy not like proud nod thing than yes than yeah. John Hamm who very hilariously came in to be like the uptight police chief who
0: doesn't like what his detectives do. Yes. And Ham was Strickland. He was a Strickland character.
2: Yeah. What I thought was so funny with Ham was that, like, he's doing that bit, but then it was the, you know... God damn it, I might not like yes. you, but damn it, I respect you a bit. I you know, like that line the <laughs> this whole time. I was like, yeah, Can exactly. somebody say it. Because that's totally what it was. And then there was also like, he's doing it. Like the the scene when <laughs> when they're in the when they're in the training room and Ham is trying to change the direction and they're gonna do the thing that's not gonna work, then all of a sudden they're like, what the hell is he doing? And they see the blip on <laughs> the screen, and then and there's lots of like proud nodding to the camera as he does each step. It was just like <laughs> what
1: I thought that was – like if you want to talk about plot and writing and whatever, like that's the kind of thing that wouldn't have – because they had to really think of a thing. He washed out. What's he going to do? Tom Cruise goes, I don't know what to do. And I thought, Jesus, what's he going to do? And they came up <laughs> with a thing. And you want to right away go, well, wait a minute. How do you get the plane? Let's not think about that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> don't, exactly.
2: Don't think about that for a second. It's Grant Morrison and who inflates the tires on the Batmobile. Right. Don't worry about it. Right? No, <laughs> totally. And I'm totally fine with it. But it was a cool solution and it was excellent
1: plotting and it worked. It it totally worked. And I remember at the beginning, like, you're not flying this mission. And I was like, he's going to fly
0: the mission.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yep. There's no way he watches the climax of the movie from the ship.
0: Yeah, exactly. I thought they did a really good job of sort of tying everyone together. So, like, Hangman and Rooster represent the Iceman-Maverick dynamic from the first film. Yep, And in the first film, Iceman's a better pilot than Maverick is. Yeah, yeah. Here, Hangman is a better pilot than Rooster is, but he has his own problems, so he yeah. gets held back. But then he gets to have his moment. Like They, they really tied in everyone's they did. arc really well. Phoenix, he, he, as the female pilot, was really yeah. awesome. Hangman also
1: never, there was never actually a conflict. Like, when it came time to do the mission, he did the mission. Yep. Yeah, and and I like that because that's a realistic military thing. Like you're a group, you're a core. He did the thing where they played football together, and it worked. And then John Ham did the nod there.
2: Uh, Like, I
1: I thought (laughs) that was nice because it was like you don't even you don't need that conflict, so don't do it.
2: I was very pleased that they got a coffee spitting flyby at the end of the movie.
0: Oh, sure. So was the rest of the audience I saw. (laughs) Would you like to guess John Ham's character's name? We know it's Cyclone is his call sign, so but what is his name? I don't know. I couldn't even tell you. Beau Simpson. Beau. Bo Simpson. Bo. B O or B A U? Yeah. B E A U. V A yeah. U L. Hangman is Jake Saracen. Like I don't like know any that. of these people's names. Don't need to. But I kept saying Pete Mitchell over over again. Then. That I knew. I remembered that one. Bradley Bradshaw. Why would you do that to a kid? Well, that's a good point. I mean, there's a reason why it's doing incredibly well. Like it's like yeah. Oh, it's without inflation, it's Tom Cruise's highest grossing film of all time. But obviously, when you adjust for inflation, things change. But it's kind of crazy.
1: I was like, "Oh, that you absolutely one million percent would need to see this in a theater." Like, there's like I can't think of a movie in recent times that was more like it will improve it immensely to
0: see it in that. For all the jokes about Tom Cruise, like he's right. You need to see some of these films in theaters. I like seeing all films in theaters, but. I wouldn't want to see this movie for the first time on a TV. No matter how good your TV is, no matter how good your sound is. Yeah, no, this is it.
2: definitely a theater. This is definitely yeah. a theater. The sound yeah. was Mission
0: Impossible, the I want to see Mission Impossible on a theater screen. I don't want to see it at home. Yep. He's right to fight for this stuff. He's right to hold on to it. He is the last movie star. Everyone else has done TV. You are not going to see Tom Cruise in a TV show unless everything implodes around him. Until the last moment, he can hold on. He's only gonna make movies.
1: You're not gonna I don't think you'll see him. I think it's a really cogent point. I hadn't thought about it. But like you're not gonna see him in a show. You're not gonna see Robert Redford in a show. He's that. And I also yeah. like that Tom Cruise I don't think I like the bit where he was like, I can be a good actor and it's like, you don't need to do that. Do the thing where you're you and and he's like, Okay, I'll just do Mission Impossible and whatever for, and like that's what he does and he does it well. You don't have to try to go for your Oscar, that's not your thing.
0: I mean he was great yeah. in Magnolia. I just saw Magnolia at a revival theater a couple of months ago. And I liked it much less the second time I've seen it. But he was great. He yeah, was really but great. still one
1: of those. But that's like one of those Alec Baldwin and Glenn Gary roles. He has like his big scene or two and stands <laughs> out from the rest of the movie, which is one of those sort of Oscar bait kind of things.
0: But here's my controversial point. We have a lot of actors who can do that. We don't have a lot of actors that can do what Tom Cruise does now. No, I don't think that's controversial. I think that's basically what I'm
1: saying. Like, do this yeah. thing. You don't need to prove the other thing. And I say this a lot when we talk about movies. I was like, I can't not see... Tom Cruise. And I can't Mm -hmm. not see Tom Cruise, but I also can't not see George Clooney. And I love George Clooney. And -hmm. that's their strength. That's their thing.
0: But that's what movie stars are. You don't watch a Cary Grant movie and he doesn't disappear into the role. It's Cary Grant. Right. I did walk out of this saying Tom Cruise is a crazy person. He is, but he's in the best possible way. Yeah, yeah. For all the jokes about him dying on screen and like he gives everything. No, yeah. To make a spectacle for you to enjoy.
2: Yeah. And let me tell you, not a moment goes by in this film where he's either in a jet plane or on a motorcycle.
0: Well, he's on a boat at one point. He's he's
1: on a boat at one point, yeah. Let's talk about the magic of cinema in that an old man who pulls out his old-ass motorcycle doesn't look like a dipshit.
2: No, yeah. (laughs) I give him all the credit in the world. He looked cool as shit. And the right, jacket, exactly. the jacket with all the patches, right? Like, yeah, let's it think cool. about what look most cool.
1: sixty to 70 year old men would look like pulling out their <laughs> mid eighties.
2: Do you think the barbecue place by the convention center is regretting all the Top Gun stuff they put up on the walls that clearly got them cut out of this film? was not it gone? Isn't it demolished? Oh, is it gone? I think it's gone. Oh, that's that's a bummer. They would yeah. have shot
0: there if it was still yeah. open. So Tom Cruise currently is 59. So it means he was probably like 56 oh. when he shot this. Tom Cruise is 59?
2: Yeah. I thought he was
1: older. Than no, that. I thought yeah. he was older. He was born in 62. He's been oh famous since he was really young. I mean, he was like he was He was like 24 when he did the first movie? Like when it came out. Yeah. 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 You know what? Just as, as a thing, uh, one of the funniest things in the movies was like, I'm going back for him. I was like, you're
2: in Kansas a City Barbecue. It's still there. It's totally still there.
1: Okay. I think they closed it, though, at one point. Maybe they brought it back because the movie was coming out or whatever, but I, I think it was. Oh, no, it's totally at some point. still there. Yeah. Anyway, the idea that you can be in a multi million dollar fighter jet. I'm like, I'm going back for him. I was like, what are you going to do?
2: What, how does it? was two times. On their website, kcbbq.net, the first thing that says is the home of Top Gun sleazy bar scenes.
0: <sighs> well, that's not good. It's not sleazy. Not sleazy at all. They're just in a bar. It's
2: a charming... I know. Come on, the thing. Oh, I want their ribs now, though.
0: I know, Josh, you're saying, though, the ending was... At first, I was like, what is happening? But then by the end of it, I was like, this is all good. You know, grabbing the original classic plane, getting that out of there. Oh,
2: totally. That was
0: awesome. Having no chance against the fifth generation fighter, and then getting their ass saved.
2: It gave you lots of reasons to root for them. And, like, here's the thing. It felt like an 80s movie. Well, no, but see, the difference
1: was is that the first movie really didn't have stakes. Like, it kind of right. did. They were flighting around. But this one, they kept upping the stakes. And, sh- like, the engine's out. This thing's not moving. I don't know what these switches do. The sh- runway's blown up and it's too short. You know, those were things that didn't happen in the first one. You know, it, it right. just it just didn't. And so, like, this was, you know, actual stakes and drama and stuff that didn't exist before. The other one was still, like, look at this cool shit. And it was posturing and it was, you know, it was cool but it was very 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 surface and they they added a thing to this.
0: And there's legitimately funny jokes in it. Yeah, really yeah. good performances across the board. It was great. It was great.
2: It was a great time at the at the at the movie. I'm glad I went. I saw it in the theater for all those reasons that you said, Connor. Like I went into it like kind of skeptical, let's say. <laughs> and I I was wrong. It was it was awesome.
0: I'm so glad we still have Tom Cruise. I really am. I really, I'm really. i glad there's someone out there making great movies for the theaters. Yeah. Or trying to. You know, not always successful, but man, in an age where it's so, it would be so easy to just sign up with Netflix for a billion dollars, you know, and make 10 movies for them. He's making them for cinemas, and I'm so happy about it.
1: Yeah. It's funny, at a certain point, like I had to come to terms with the fact that the Mission Impossible movies weren't just a crappy licensed movie. I was like, "Oh, ah, no, they're actually so fucking good." I know that, but like I just didn't realize it for a bit. You know, cuz it just seemed like, "Oh, it's just another licensed property that doing a thing of"
0: I mean, I didn't realize it either until the last set of them. Yeah. I missed the entire middle of that. Yeah. I dropped out of that franchise. And I loved the first yeah. one. I loved that movie. And then the second one was not that good, and then the third one I think it was JJ Abrams directed, and I didn't even see it. And then it wasn't yeah. until uh, Christopher McQuarrie took over. Yeah. I missed the first one in the theaters. I heard it was really good, and the next one's coming out. I said, "Well, fuck it," and I went and I got all of them. I think I rented. I got them all through Netflix. And I watched all of them, leading up to going to see the new one.
1: Holy crap! They're good. You know? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're really, they're, really good. They're, they're not just even good. They're like they're impressive, you know, yes. like just in the same way that Top Gun was. They're like yep. doing huge stunts, you know, like James Bond movies. Great cast, practical effects. You know, really trying to impress you. Great cast. Yep. Yeah. Henry Cavill, yeah, really the movies. thing where he had something good to do.
0: So what are we rating Top Gun Maverick? Ooh, Top ratings, Gun Gun ratings. ratings, ratings.
1: I mean, there's different uh, ways to rate it.
0: I mean, I... I Use your I, heart. Don't think, Josh, do.
2: I, I gotta, yeah, you got to go with just gut and, and overall theater enjoyment kind of thing, and I give it, a, I give it a, a solid 4.5.
0: Yeah, 4.75. Wow. 4.756. Wow. 4.25,
1: which is for me is pretty good.
2: There's the range four point two five through four point seven six nine two
0: two one. Yeah, you know
1: you're graduating with a rope around your neck.
0: Yeah. So we're in the summer now. It's hot. It's eighty five degrees in this room right now. I've got my thermometer telling me that
2: it's. Wouldn't be an iFanboy podcast not talking about how it's hot.
0: The next show for July we want to do a summer mailbag, show. Oh yeah, let's do it. So contact iFanboy. iFanboy.com is where you can write in your emails. Write media explode in the subject line so we know it's for this show and not the pick of the week show. We got a bunch of emails, but I want to have a lot to choose from. Summer mailbag. Oh, let's, let's get do it, it done. It. And I'm going to tease it now. I've got a game for these guys that they don't know about we can play in addition to the summer mailbag.
2: Oh, I wanted to play the game tonight. I wanted yeah, no, to play but the game time, tonight. And we're out of time. we'll do it That's next time. Well, summer mailbag and game a Summer mailbag? Can we all, can we do a little grilling beforehand and, and, and do the podcast with like a plate of sausage and ribs in front no. of us? I mean, if nope. we want to. Nope. Yeah. No, we learned. <laughs> you can't eat it on the podcast. No, so you cold. Yeah, you just look at it. it. Yeah, you you look at it. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm still looking at this Kansas City barbecue webpage. I really want brisket
0: so there you go Ugh. that was our June show thanks for being a patron if you are one unlocking the show for everyone to enjoy at patreon.com ifanboy they also unlock the talksplode and booksplode comic book review and interview shows that we do and of course Josh and I do our weekly pick of the week show which we review the week's comics all that's found at ifanboy.com Ron does all about Android talking about everything Apparently. Android related
2: listen if you're t- upset about having to pay for your Google apps now you go listen to our
0: podcast are you upset about it, Ron, or how are you taking it are... I thought it was the Philip K. Dick show. I'm, I'm completely wrong. <laughs> no. Where are you falling on this one, Ron? I understand where they're coming from. Not everything is free.
2: One of the sins of the internet age was this reliance on things being free forever. And, and that Gravy Train is going to end at some point.
0: Well, there you go. For all, yeah. all the Android hot takes you need, go to All About yeah. Android. And we'll be back next month with the Summer Mailbag. And until then, I'm Connor.
2: I'm Ron.
1: I was trying to think of a call sign, but I wouldn't have a cool call sign. I'd be like Bob. <laughs> I wouldn't have a
0: good one. <laughs>
2: I'll give him credit. Bob made me, made me laugh. We
0: have our own call signs. We have, oh, we Josh, have glasses,
2: you, sideburns, and... Yeah, you'd be glasses or Hawkeye.
0: Ooh. I yeah. like one of those. <laughs> They're almost antithetical. <laughs> what was mine? Josh was glasses, Ronald was sideburns, and I was what? Bald. Bald. Baldy. Yeah. yeah. You're the captain, Baldy. Though.
2: That yeah, sucks. the captain. Yeah. yeah but he, can't, he can't have the captain as your call sign because it's also a rank. Yeah. That'd, that'd be confusing. Because, well, he, I'm captain. If he's a captain. L- captain, lieutenant yeah, captain. He'd, yeah. He'd have to. No, that's awesome.
1: His, <laughs> like his, President uh, Captain his, America. His helmet and side of his plane would have to say the captain.
2: The captain, yeah. yeah. <laughs> president Captain America. I forgot about that. That was fantastic. I will say I was annoyed that, that the guy was fanboy. I was like, oh, come on. One more letter. Just one letter
0: off. I know. <laughs>